Welcome, 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 and welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen, and last week was a heavy week, man. We had a lot to talk about, some a lot of NBA, a big uh, NFL story, a couple big NFL stories. Uh, the UFC kicked off on Saturday. Uh, it, it was it was a lot, and I want to and and I guess we're gonna start with this Jay Z uh, partnership with the NFL. So I don't know the. The well, it's kind of hard to explain the details, but he's pretty much going to be like the in charge of promotion and and how the NFL brands itself out, you know, to African Americans and stuff like that, and that caused a lot of outroar, uproar um, in the social media community and in the community in general for a lot of reasons. Now, it's like a it's too far. On one hand, people understand uh jay-z uh isn't going to be one of those she wouldn't be one of those people or don't, they don't think he's one of those people that would uh quote unquote sell out for the nfl um or sell out his people for the nfl and we all know that the nfl has a really uh tenuous relationship with african americans right now not all african americans but some some people are still boycotting for the colin kaepernick situation um some people are boycotting because they feel that it should be the NFL should be um, more progressive and have fully guaranteed contracts. The NFL is going through a lot, and some people are understand that Jay Z coming in will could could be the start of something good, could be the start of change, could be the start of the NFL actually hearing the African American plight i guess you can you can for lack of a better term others on the other hand see the colin kaepernick situation see how strict the nfl is with the with the marijuana uh situation see how strict the nfl is when it comes to player discipline and look at this jay-z deal and think why why would jay-z want to attach himself to an organization that a lot of people feel do not care about the advancement of African-Americans. Yes, you get paid millions and millions of dollars to play, but a lot of people feel that the NFL is only pretty much for for itself instead of the players. And they, this whole Colin Kaepernick situation put a real bad taste in people's mouth because hell, he still does not have a job, at least in the NFL. Now, people forget, which I don't want to sit here and act like he didn't settle. He didn't have a settlement. He didn't figure out the solution of whatever the hell is going to happen. But this deal that Jay-Z struck with the NFL is 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 a, is, is a hotbed of topics, man. It... If you ask me, I listen to what Jay-Z said. You know, Jay-Z said, we're past kneeling. It's time for change. Jay-Z understands, um, Jay-Z understands the situation and the position that he's put in. Uh, at least that's what he says. And I can, I can, I understand that the optics don't look the best. Uh, like I said, the NFL is still a hotbed of topics, uh, negative topics when it comes to the African-American community. Um, 
you still have uh, players that want to protest against. Hell, players like like Earl Thomas still still fighting for um, fully guaranteed contracts. Uh, well, fully guaranteed contracts for everyone because you know people like Kirk Cousins has a fully guaranteed contract, but. Um, I understand the optics again. I understand Jay-Z, hell, just last year, I believe, he told Travis Scott not to perform at the, at the Super Bowl because, you know, he felt that the, the NFL wasn't working in African Americans' best interest. So I get how people look at look at this Jay-Z situation like, yo, what are you doing, man? Is this a sellout type situation? I don't look at it as that. I look at it as I listen to what Jay-Z said. I understand that the NFL isn't isn't doesn't look great. But I trust it's kind of hard for me not to trust Jay-Z's intentions. Cause everything that Jay-Z has done has given the given the impression or has shown to be beneficial for African Americans, at least in this new venture thing he's doing, you know, with Rock Nation and um Rock Nation Sports, I should say. And uh he even went on to say he wants to own an NFL team or he's close to owning an NFL team, which which would be great. He'll be uh I don't know if he'll be the first african-american owner but he will be one of very few african-american owners of a team or partial owners of a team um and i think see the thing that's the thing that i'm, I'm starting to notice and you can tell if people did for people that didn't see freddie gibbs he's a he's a rapper um he came out with a video pretty much saying, F Colin Kaepernick, it's time to move on, I'm with Jay-Z. That's the, that's the scary part about the situation is that people can now look at the situation and be like Jay-Z versus Colin Kaepernick or Jay-Z plus the NFL versus Colin Kaepernick. And I don't think that's the, that's the, the, the lens that we should view this from. I think we should view this as Colin Kaepernick settled. We don't know the settlement. That could have been in the settlement. You can't talk about it. But we don't know exactly how much he got. We don't know exactly what are the terms of the settlement. But we do know that he settled. And we do understand that it's time. The NFL, it's not just the NFL. It's, it's just society. Society needs to advance. Society needs to it's, I understand that, you know, we want to, I understand the, the, what kneeling was about. And I understand where kneeling came from. I understand what Colin Kaepernick was fighting for. I understand all of that. And I, I a hundred percent and with Colin Kaepernick in the motives of the kneeling. I, I I agree that African Americans have been treated unfairly and unjust in society. I understand. I, I, I see the rise in police police brutality, especially towards my my people. I I I understand and I see the injustice that 
veterans receive because people forget veterans he was he was nailing for veterans too veterans receive when they come back from war um but i i, I feel that and don't get me wrong i understand and i'm 100 percent for that but i am a, i'm also 100 percent for change i'm also 100 percent for advancing you can't we can't be in the same spot man <clears throat> we can't like uh, and Jay Z was right, and, and and I'm not I'm not going as radical as Freddie Gibbs and some other people are going as in as Jay Z in the NFL versus Colin Kaepernick. No, I'm looking at it as it is. Colin Kaepernick was the linchpin. Colin Kaepernick was the start. Jay Z has an opportunity to advance the conversation in another way, or advance the conversation. To, and, and and promote action in another way. And I think that's what Jay-Z is going to do. I don't think Jay-Z would go into a situation which will um which will desecrate his his integrity. I don't think that at all. Nor do I think especially with the advancement of what he's done, like I said with Rockefeller, uh all the stuff that Beyoncé's done in her her uh stances. I don't think that Jay-Z goes into this thinking he doesn't have a fair share and a fair voice in this whole situation. I don't believe that. Um, as of right now, I'm for, this, I'm for Jay-Z being partners, uh, in partnership with the NFL as well as trying to own a team. I'm for that. Because, again, I'm all for the advancement of African Americans in situations and in positions that we usually don't see being advanced. You don't see too many African Americans partnering with the NFL. You don't see too many African Americans at least being a partner owner of the of of an NFL team. I just hope that people don't. One, I hope Jay Z doesn't get. I trust Jay Z. Let me say this: I trust Jay Z. It's really hard for me to trust the NFL. And that, that stems from the Colin Kaepernick situation and everything that I've seen NFL do. It's hard for me to trust the NFL, but I do trust Jay-Z. I just hope that Jay-Z's, Jay-Z's points, whatever his points are, Jay-Z's um, intentions aren't uh, diluted in the NFL's corruptness. And I hope people do not People do not turn the way that Freddie Gibbs turned, as in it's either F Jay-Z in the NFL or F uh, Colin Kaepernick. I think they can be mutually exclusive. I think now the Jay-Z can really try to get Colin Kaepernick a job. And if the settlement that Colin Kaepernick agreed to is for him to say, yo, you can't, you can't work again, then that's what you agreed to. But we don't know. So... I guess I'm breathing around the bush to say uh, congratulations to Jay-Z and his partnership. I understand the optics might not look good right now, but I feel like this this can definitely promote positive change. Um, and I don't I don't I don't think that uh, I don't think that I don't think that this. Uh, this deal should be 
viewed as as Jay-Z versus um, Colin Kaepernick or Jay-Z in the NFL versus Colin Kaepernick. I feel it should be both of the, all, all three parties can work mutually exclusive to make the NFL not only better for African Americans, but shine light on situations that we need light shined on. So that's how I feel. Um, before I continue, this episode is sponsored by Brax Candles. That is Brax Candles, B-R-X Candles. You want some of the best smelling candles in the world? I would advise you to go to Brax Candles. That's brx-candles.myshopify.com. That is brx-candles.myspotify.com to have some of the best candles you have ever smelled in your life. You have any type of scents, uh, lavender, strawberry, lemon, um, whatever you think and whatever you want, they make. Brax Candles, I use it daily, and it's some of the best smelling candles I've ever had in my life. Go get you some Brax Candles, brx-candles.myshopify.com to get some of the best candles in the world. So the other big story, a huge story that happened last week was DeMarcus Cousins getting, um, tearing his ACL while practicing or working out in California. Um, or I don't, I'm not going to say in California. I don't know where he was, but I know that he was working out and he tore his ACL. And this is, that was, it was a blower, man. Um, when, I, when I saw the information on the ticker, I was like, because at first it said he had an apparent leg injury and had to be helped off, or a knee injury, he had to be helped off the court. I'm like, why would you... It has to be something serious if you send something like that, you know? Why would you send something like that, Woj? And then uh, a few minutes later, maybe an hour or so later, you get it's been confirmed that uh, he tore his ACL. And this is, it's, it's, it's very unfortunate, man, uh, that in the last, what, three seasons, he's dealt, or in the last, like, maybe year, he's dealt with a, Torn meniscus, torn quad, and a torn ACL. This is not only is this um, this would be a detriment. This would be a catastrophic injury for any player. The reason why it's to me even more catastrophic for Demarcus Cousins is because his size. Demarcus Cousins is a center. Demarcus Cousins is huge. And the fact that you've dealt with three lower body injuries is, is ah, man, we saw last year in the finals how he, he had no lift. Yeah, he, he had a, maybe one, one or two good games or one or two good moments, but he had no lift. It looked like he couldn't jump over a, a piece of paper, man. Uh, and it was hard to watch because we remember DeMarcus Cousins at his, at his best is an easy 25-13 or 28-13 point-per-game score. We forget, yeah, his time in Sacramento was, was, was roller coaster ride, especially emotions-wise, but he was putting up 50-point games. He was putting up 50 or 50-point 50 triple-doubles. He was putting up 48-22 and 22-point triple. Like, DeMarcus Cousins was 
a hooper, man. He could shoot. He could put the ball on the ground. DeMarcus Cousins, when that uh, All Decades team came out for 2K, I mean for NBA, and a lot of people didn't see DeMarcus Cousins on the list, they were upset. That's just how great he was in this decade or is in this decade. And the fact that now you're dealing with three injuries that are, are, are affect the lower part of your body, that is detrimental, man. And the worst part is that, again, he's his size, man. And, and for an ACL or meniscus, it usually takes about a year, maybe two to get back. So it's a year to get back fully healthy, but it's probably another year to get back playing like yourself, feeling like yourself. Look at Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward was healthy last year, but he didn't look anywhere close to himself. Boston was looking forward to this year because, um, or looking forward to the year coming up because, you know, that's, his, that's two years outside of the injury, which he should get back to 100% on the court. The Lakers were looking at DeMarcus Cousins as, okay, you have a year back from the ACL, so now this is year two and now, or or meniscus, now this is year two, and boom, we're going to get the, DeMar hopefully we get De close to the DeMarcus Cousins of old. And now that you tear your ACL, I don't know how, mm, mm, mm. it's just, it. I'm all about doom, I'm not about doom and gloom. I, I feel that if, if, if you want to come back, if you feel like you can't come back, you can't come back. I know a lot of people were saying that um, Kevin Durant is never going to be the same because he references Achilles, which is one of the worst, which is the same thing DeMarcus Cousins did. But, or ruptured, whatever the hell he ruptured. But, or meniscus or something. But a lot of people were saying that Kevin Durant's never going to be the same. And I'm like, yo, don't, don't count out a hooper man don't count out somebody that loves the game don't count out somebody that's devoted himself to basketball he's gonna come back better than ever and i also looked at the looked at the injury and looked at the build of the player kevin durant he's not the most explosive player but his shot's still gonna be there kevin durant still uh can dribble put the ball on the ground kevin durant might lose a little bit of explosiveness of course but I still think Kevin Durant can at least get back to 85, 90% of what he was. And 85, 90% might not be the best player in the league like I said he was before the injury, but he's most definitely top five at 85 to 90% of where he was. And that's how great Kevin Durant is. The problem with Kevin Durant and DeMarcus Cousins is the size and the body build and the position. We all know centers, that's a rugged position, man. Not only is that a rugged position, DeMarcus Cousins is huge. And I don't say that in like a, like a not in shape way, but he's huge. Kevin Durant's a lot more slim, as we, that's clear. DeMarcus Cousins is huge. So the fact that <sighs> this injury is going to, I'm not going to count out DeMarcus Cousins. But I think a report already came out saying that he went dark.
Like he didn't want to talk to he's, he doesn't want to talk to anybody. And I understand like that's three major injuries in in pretty much a year. I can only imagine what he's going through. So I pray for DeMarcus Cousins, and I pray for a speedy recovery, and I pray that he's able to get back, man. I pray that he's mentally uh, mentally strong enough to deal with this again, the, the rehab process again, which he pretty much just bounced back from. And I, I, I pray that DeMarcus Cousins, I pray he's lost millions of dollars, man. DeMarcus Cousins have has lost millions upon millions of dollars. He lost millions of dollars, and, and I feel it's due to injury. If DeMarcus Cousins wasn't injured, the, the, the Pelicans would have gave him a max. They didn't. He went to Golden State. Uh, he, was, he was, you know, just getting integrated in, and boom, blows out his Achilles in the playoffs. I mean, blows out his, his quad in the playoffs. Um, I think round one, I believe. Fights all the way back. Thinking that, you know, he's going to get a big deal. Uh, fights all the way back to the finals. Didn't look as good as the finals. Didn't look good really at all in the finals. He had had a couple moments, like I said. And he was going to take a one-year flyer with the Lakers. Hoping to get, that mo- get some of that money back that he lost due to injury. And now, boom, he's injured again. DeMarcus Cousins has lost upwards of $200 million due to his health. And that to me is is that's the crime right there, man. Yes, you know, I hope he gets better, but DeMarcus Cousins ah, DeMarcus Cousins was is one of the best centers of this decade. And the fact that injuries continue to um plague him especially in terrible times. It it sucks, man. I, again, I pray for a speedy recovery. And now we have to talk about how this affects the Lakers. The Lakers were expecting him and hoping for him to get back at least to 70% of what he was when he was with Sacramento and what he was when he was with New Orleans. So it would have definitely been a big three, maybe even a big four with LaMarcus, LaMarcus LeBron James, DeMarcus Cousins, Anthony Davis, and Kyle Kuzma. Now that DeMarcus cut, DeMar- that to me, I know a lot of people are, you know, um, saying it's, they're pretty much, it doesn't matter. This is a huge blow for, uh, a huge blow for L.A. DeMarcus Cousins could shoot. DeMarcus Cousins is a good, is a really good passer, a good decision maker. You lose that. So now, now you have to put, Anthony Davis has already come out and said he doesn't like playing center. But now you pretty much have to put him at center at times. Yeah, they're looking at, the team's looking at Dwight Howard. But a lot of people don't like Dwight. And a lot of people, Dwight Howard, at least right now, is not the Dwight Howard of old. The Dwight Howard right now is not DeMarcus Cousins. So that's a big blow in and of itself. Yes, Dwight Howard can take some pressure off of Anthony Davis because he's still a productive player. But, again, you think you're going from DeMarcus Cousins to Dwight Howard, at least this, today is Dwight Howard, that is, that is crazy. <laughs> so, and, and that's not what the Lakers expected. 
this is a huge blow. I don't know if this is this this blows to their championship aspirations because they still have Anthony Davis and LeBron James, but now this really puts an onus and 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 a focus on Kyle Kuzma, which you have to develop fast now. And um, don't get me wrong, Kyle Kuzma is good. Uh, apparently, he's 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 doing really good at Team USA right now, and we'll talk about Team USA in a second. But uh, yeah, man, this is a big blow. Um, and I, I don't know, I don't, th- I do think that this takes a dent in, in the Lakers championship aspirations, but, but this hurts DeMarcus Cousins a lot more than it hurts the Lakers. And I'm not saying that to say like, you know, I, they don't care or anything. I'm saying it as this hurts both parties tremendously. But I feel more I feel more for DeMarcus than I do for the Lakers. It's cause I'm always gonna be for for pro players. So again, I I pray for a speedy recovery with DeMarcus Cousins. And um this 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 is gonna be an interesting year for the Lakers. This is gonna be an interesting year for DeMarcus Cousins, you know, rehab process. This is gonna be an inter- interesting year for the NBA in general. Uh there's a lot there's a lot of storylines man and this just adds on to it and and this isn't a good storyline but this adds on to the anticipation of this year so um yeah man it's it's crazy it's dang man i just you, you hate to see a player get injured you really do you really do especially a really good player man and especially a player that's already dealt with injuries. Like, you know how hard it is always to see uh, Derrick Rose getting injured? Like, nobody wants to see that, man. And it's, you don't want, it's tough when you see players' greatness or, or, or get robbed of their greatness due to injuries. Because injuries is something that you can't really, you can't really anticipate for or you can't really avoid because they can come out of nowhere. Um, hell, the man was working out. He was working out, and he got hurt. I think they said he bumped knees with somebody, and that's what tore his Achilles. I hoop every chance I get. And that could happen to me. I knock on wood. I hope it doesn't. But, and I know if I tore my Achilles, which I again I, I pray that I don't, I'm not losing millions upon millions upon millions of dollars so it's a blower man it is a blower bro so let me get off that let me get off that uh you know last last week or two weeks ago we talked about people were injured uh injured people were were just were, were letting it go in interviews man we talked about the interview that um carmelo did we talked about the interview that John Wall did. We, we talked about interviews, and last week we had two. We had a couple interviews again. We had Terry Rozier talking about uh, what happened in Boston, saying that a lot of people thought that you know I hate uh, Kyrie or that it was the team against Kyrie and it wasn't. It's just we didn't gel. Clearly, like we all saw that uh, Terry. We all saw the fact that it was it was. It, you can say that it wasn't y'all against Kyrie, but we we saw it, man. We saw, especially at the end, 
Kyrie was just hoisting it up like, you know what, I'm going to go out all guns blazing, forget y'all. And we saw the dysfunction of the team. Do I think that Terry Rozier is going to be great for Charlotte? I do. Do I think he's worth all that dang money that Charlotte gave him? Hell to the knob. But we, we, we saw it, Terry. So you don't have to. You, you don't have to. It's, it's okay, man. We know that Boston underachieved last year. And, uh, and it's the relationship that the players had with Kyrie is, 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 is front and center. And the relationship that Kyrie had with the players. Um, and he, Terry was also alluding to the fact that, you know, the coaching staff uh, could have done a better job, which they could have. I think that, I think Bryce, Ste- Bryce Stevens, I think Brad Stevens is a great coach. But I think that there's a lot of things he, he could have handled bringing back, uh, he could have handled the way that he brought back um, Gordon Hayward a lot better. He could have handled um, minutes a lot better. He could have handled egos a lot better last year. I think there's a lot of things that he could have done a lot better, but I've seen the best of Brad Stevens, and the best of Brad Stevens is one of the best coaches in the NBA. Or, let me not say that, he's one of the best at getting the best out of somebody. He, again, the, the, the year before, he they were a game away from the NBA Finals without Kyrie, without Gordon Hayward. So he's able to get the best out of his players. So I know he's really good in that situation. So I don't know exactly. I can't say he's a good coach or not because I'm not 100% there. But I do know that Brad Stevens has proven that he can't. he's a player's coach. Let me say that. Now, and this is something that I, 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 I've said on this podcast before, but Players got to understand. Yeah, I know you make so much money, and yeah, I know that you know you're 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 the player, but you also sometimes you have to be you have to be cognizant of how you perceive yourself or how you the energy that you give off. Yeah, I might not like someone that I play with like that, but if it's for the betterment of the team to deal with that player, then that's what I'm going to do. Yes, I understand the fact that. Kyrie might not be the easiest player to play with. And that's not even, that that was even seen and heard in Cleveland. But I do understand that Kyrie gives us the best shot to win. So I will do, I, I'm going to do whatever I got to do to to win. So, mm. Again, I, I hear I hear what you're saying, um, Terry Rozier, but I think that, and I think Marcus Smart alluded to it in, a, in an interview uh, a couple weeks ago. It's pretty much on the players, man. The players, coaches don't 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 get on the floor. It's the players, and if the players don't like somebody, you have to be able to um, you have to be able to get along, man. If you don't get along. And, and it shows on the court, you're not going to win anything. I promise you that. I promise you that. So that's just something that we, I mean, not we. <laughs> that's something that the players have to have to get over. Because, you know, like, no. No. So, you know, I, I, get, I get it. I definitely get it. I definitely get it. 
But, yeah, Terry, I don't, you can't say that there wasn't tension between the, uh, you know, teammates. Because we saw it on the court. Like, come on, bro. <laughs> come on, man. You ain't got you ain't got to lie, Craig, man. You ain't got to lie. Another interview that sparked a lot of controversy was Daryl Morey was getting interviewed by a podcast or a station. I don't, I don't know who it was. Don't, I'm not being disrespectful. And he pretty much said it's a fact that James Harden is an offensively better player than Michael Jordan. I'm not going to uh, argue that. I'm not going to debate that. I think that's asinine. I think that Michael Jordan's the best player ever. Uh, and, uh, yeah, no, James Harden is not better than Michael Jordan. <laughs> Offensively, defensively, and the only thing here he's better at Jordan at is growing a beard and stepping back and traveling. And, I, and, I, and that's no disrespect to James Harden, but then it got me thinking. And it didn't really get me thinking, it just, this prompted an argument is who is better between James Harden, Allen Iverson, and Dare and D Wade. Now, and 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 you got to take let's take the championships out of it. Let's take um because if we're just talking about championships, of course D Wade is a lot better. This is a good question to ask. You know, James Harden is one of the most offensively gifted players we've ever seen. D Wade is one of the best defending guards we've seen and rebounding guards we've ever seen probably the best rebounding guard we've ever seen and ai is my all-time favorite player but he's one of the most electric players he's a game-changing player he's a he's uh for his size he was one of the greatest scorers ever this this really that's a con that's a conversation that really can be had you know they all have attributes that each one doesn't um, James Harden, to me, out of all three of them, is the best scorer. And his competition would be Allen Iverson when we're coming to talk about scoring because Allen Iverson was a walking 30-piece. But James Harden averaged 36 last year. So, but I think out of the out of the three, he's the best scorer. When we're talking about defense, I'll give prime D. Wade that. And his only competition is Allen Iverson because Allen Iverson... Uh, was able to play the passing lanes really well, like like Steph Curry does. If we're talking about handles, it definitely goes Allen Iverson. That's I guess the the his his, his competition is James Harden. Uh, when we're talking about which I said take it out, but if we want to talk about accolades, there's I mean the only person that we can put on there is is D Wade because he's the three time champion, uh, and ain't nobody coming close. So, and, and, and the, the, the argument against James Harden, of course, and Allen Iverson is their lack of success in the playoffs. Yes, they both, you know, Allen Iverson led his team, which was the Sixers, to the championship, and they did beat the, uh, the Lakers one game. And James Harden did make it to the finals, but he wasn't the lead player. That was Kevin Durant and Russ Westbrook. And they lost to the Heat 4-1. But, and... Outside of that, they both have only been to the uh, only been to the the finals once, and both lost the teams. I think they should have won. Allen Iverson lost to a couple Nets teams, 
uh, who else? Um, James Harden lost to a Kevin Durantless, a Kevin Durantless um, Golden State at home. So, if you ask me, and again, if you ask me, as of right now, I would pick. I will pick James Harden over Dwayne Wade. And I, again, I'm taking accolades away. Prime James Harden. Give me prime James Harden over prime D. Wade and prime Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson is my all-time favorite player. So this is no disrespect to Allen Iverson. But prime James Harden over prime D. Wade and prime... Allen Iverson. Now, don't get me wrong. All three of them bring something that that the other player doesn't. All three of them are great. Oh, and another question. No, I'm not going to talk about that. All three of them are great. Again, Allen Iverson to me is one of the most electrifying players, one of the most game-changing players the league has ever seen. D-Wade is one of the most athletically prime uh, shooting guards we've ever seen. Um, And James Harden is one of the most offensively gifted guards we've ever seen. But I have to go, especially now, and we also have to talk about which game we're playing. We're talking about today's NBA. Of course I'm going with James Harden. If you're talking about maybe back in the day, I might still go with James Harden, but I'll lean a lot more towards you know, a, a D Wade or or AI. So, it's just it, it, that's a tough question. That's a tough, 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 tough question and a tough conversation to have. Um, before we we get off of NBA, uh, Darren Fox dropped out of Team USA. So, there's news. <laughs> uh, and that's and that's crazy. Darren Fox dropped out of Team USA and Team USA had a scrimmage against, I think it was Spain, where they won by like nine points. Um, they looked good. Kimball Walker looked really good. But you, Team USA, people keep dropping out. People keep dropping out. P.J. Tucker dropped out due to an injury. Uh, Marcus Smart dropped out, but he came back. Uh, people are dropping out, man. People are dropping out, and people like Carmelo Anthony want to come in, and you're telling them no. So that's that's... I'm not going to have that conversation again. I'm just saying people are dropping out. And while people are dropping out, other people want to come in. So what's what's going on here? It's not like I'm asking to be in Team USA. It's Carmelo Anthony is. That's all I'm saying. And uh, another quick little thing I want to talk about NBA. And this is the last thing I'm going to talk about with the NBA is Gilbert Arenas, I think, did his podcast, did an interview. Uh... And he was asked who was a better guard between John Wall and him, and he said John Wall for the for the Wizards, like who was the best Wizards guard, and he said it was John Wall. And I don't know about that man. Gilbert Arenas was one of the most offensively gifted guards the Wizards have ever had. Now physical physical attributes, yes, I'm giving it to John Wall. All the all day, you know, faster, quicker, stronger. Um, 
You can see the floor a little bit better than Gilbert Arenas when it comes to assist-wise. But Gilbert Arenas had that cannon of an arm. And he he was dropping 60 on Kobe easily. And I'm not just putting that on Kobe. He was dropping 60 on dang near everyone. He was dropping 50-point games, 40-point games. He was the first heat check guy that I can really remember. Especially for the Wizards. So I don't I don't know I don't know Gilbert. That's that's a tough one to a tough one to to, to, to swallow, you know what I mean? Well, let me not say that. No. Ha. Pause, man. I'm sorry. That's a, I don't know. That's a tough one to that's a that's an argument right there. John Wall versus Gilbert, as in who's the best better guard the Wizards have ever had. Um Gilbert Arenas has more playoff success. Uh, but he also did have Anton James and Karam Butler and, and all them. So I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one. The to, tough, 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 tough. Uh, a couple NFL. I mean, the only NFL. Well, the only NFL story that the biggest NFL story is um, Josh Gordon got got um, reinstated. So shouts out to Josh. Um, I just hope you know he's able to stay on the stay on the the, the sober right path, man. Because this has happened before. Josh Smith, Josh Smith, Josh Gordon. Before you know the 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 drug incidents and stuff, he was on pace to be a Hall of Famer. He was on pace to be one of the best wide receivers we've ever seen. His physical attributes, and the thing is, he had situations happen at Baylor, so he's always been plagued by situations, but. If you're just talking about the person, the athlete, his his contributions on the field, he is he was one of the best, or he could have been one of the best uh, wide receivers we've ever seen. He's strong. He's fast. He has a knack to catching the ball. Um, I think he was the first to ever have 200 consecutive, well, ever have two consecutive 200 plus yard games he was a monster and then the whole drug thing situation happened and continued to happen and he was reinstated and went to uh went to the patriots last last time or last year i believe just to leave halfway through the season to go back to rehab so i hope that you know he 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 stays on the right track. I hope he, um, I hope he's able to uh, you know stay clean this time, man. I really do, cause I you know I don't smoke, I don't I don't do none of that, but I do want the best for everyone. You know what I mean? Like I do want everyone to live their best life, and if that's you know. Josh Smith or Josh Gordon. Why do I keep saying Josh Smith? Josh Gordon doing his thing. Then I, I want that for 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 them, you know. So yeah, uh, that's it for NFL. We'll talk about a little bit more NFL later. Um, college football. I don't know. If, I think it starts next week or this week. I don't know, but I did want to do a little bit of preview uh, outside of. Of course, Alabama and Clemson, which I think those are going to be the final two again. You know, look, don't don't sleep on Oklahoma. Don't sleep on Georgia. Don't sleep on Michi- Michigan. Uh, don't sleep on LSU. 
and a, a sleeper sleeper, and I know this is my team, but don't sleep on Oregon. Uh, no, I do not think this is a wide open college football season, which is which goes back to the conversation we had about parity, parity, parity. It's it's is do do fans really want parity? Because this is not a wide open season. Uh, mark my words. Today is August nineteenth. August 19, 2019. It will be Clemson and Alabama in the final. Final two playing for the college football championship again. Clemson and Alabama have hands down the best teams by a country mile. Yes, it will be them two. I say sleepers, like I said, but Oregon isn't on their on their level. Uh, LSU's not on their level. Michigan's not on their level. Oklahoma's not on their level. Ohio State's not on their level. No one is on Alabama and Clemson's level. I'm just, I'm not trying to be bleak about it, but they're not. Trevor Lawrence is to me the best um, the best quarterback in college football. They have the best defense in college football or one of the best defenses in college football. They have one of the best wide receiving core in college football. Alabama probably has the best wide receiving core in college football. They have Tua, who is one of the best quarterbacks in college football. They have Nick Saban, who is one of the best coaches in college football. Clemson has Dabo Sweeney, who's one of the best coaches in college football. They Both teams have the best in something in college football. Multiple checks. So that's why I don't, I don't see anybody really test like going against them. So you know it's that's another college football that we're going to see Clemson, Alabama, and the national championship. And I think Clemson's going to go back to back and win it. You heard it here first, August nineteenth, two thousand nineteen. So before we go, um, I guess we could talk about Daniel. Daniel Cormier getting TKO'd by, oh my gosh, I'm going to try to say, I'm going to butcher this man's name, uh, Stippy, or Stip, Ma, Ma, whatever, they got KO'd by homeboy, and, and, and that fight really shows you how quickly something can change, because, uh, Daniel Cormier was winning the entire, he was dominating the entire fight. It looked like he was, it was a breeze for him the entire fight until that fourth round. And he, homie Monich, or Monich, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm butchering your name. Monich hit him with a counter punch. And that counter punch did it. That counter punch did it. Daniel Cormier looked dazed and confused, bruh. That counter punch, he had Cormier on the rope, I mean on the cage, and he just started lighting that man up. Dang. And that, I feel bad for Daniel Cormier, because I like Daniel Cormier as a person. He seems like a really personable person. But he got he again and that just shows you just how quickly the the UFC and fights can turn. That's why you're never out of a fight. Monik was out, and again, I, I know I'm probably butchering his name. But not Monich, or whatever his name is, uh, was getting dominated the whole fight until the end. And it was that one counter that just 
boom. It, it, was, it was a wrap for Cormier after that, man. So he lost his titles. I feel bad for him. Dang. And shouts out to Stipe Monich. I know I said the name wrong. It is what it is. Oh, and shouts out to Nate Diaz, too, for beating. Uh, I think he was away from the game for, like, maybe two or three years. Um, you know, with the birth of his daughter, I think. Uh, but shouts out to Nate Diaz for beating An- uh, Anthony Pettit, and he beat the he beat the brakes out of Anthony Pettit, man. Like it did, it didn't even look it didn't even look like a close fight. He beat the dog snot out of him. So shouts out to Dan. I mean, shouts out to to Nate Diaz and shouts out to Monich for taking home. Those are the really only two memorable fights that night. So for the UFC, so shouts out to them. Um, and lastly, before we go, I want to send my condolences out to the, to Cedric Benson's family, as well as Daryl Drake's family. Daryl Drake died maybe a week or two ago, or no, like maybe two weeks ago or a week ago, but I didn't address it. Uh, Cedric, Cedric Benson, I believe on yesterday or Saturday night died in a motorcycle accident at age 36 uh daryl drake died i think they were they're saying um natural causes i don't i don't know i'm not going to falsely report something but i know he died at 62 so i want to send condolences to the drake family and the benson family cedric benson while he wasn't the greatest running back in the nfl he was tech one of texas texas's he was one of the best college football uh, running backs. Or he's one of the best running backs college football has ever seen. Cedric Benson was huge. He was fast. He was elusive. And and and, and, and quite as kept, he was really good for the Bengals. He was really good for the Bears, too. Um, and Daryl Drake was, uh, I think, wide receivers coach for... I know he was with the Steelers. I know he was with uh, Green Bay. I don't... And Arizona. It might not have been Green Bay, um, but I know it was Arizona and definitely the Steelers. Um, and I send my condolences out to the families of again Daryl Drake and Cedric Benson. I don't, I don't. It's tough ending a show this way, but I do want to send out my. Um, I do want to have a moment of silence for both of them. Again, that is Cedric Benson and Daryl Drake. For people that's watching the YouTube, I'm going to have their pictures up on the screen. Uh, so, again, moment of silence for them, too. I pray for you guys' family. So, there you have it, man. I want to thank you guys for watching and listening to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I enjoy what I'm doing, man. This is a big week. This is another week. Another week of more sports. Another week. You know, it's crazy. When you when you sit back, when I sit back and write these uh, episodes, it's like, yo, let me go back to see what happened. And there was, there's always a lot to talk about. So and that's, that's the beauty of sports. So, again, I want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. Please subscribe. Please subscribe. Please subscribe to wherever you're listening at uh listening from um whatever it whether that's itunes soundcloud youtube wherever you are spotify please subscribe i appreciate you guys i love you guys and until next time
Much love. Showed you all my ugly, but why the fuck you ain't judge me? Know my skin ain't thick as thin, it probably bleeds soon as you touch me. I love it if you hate me, I hate that you fucking love me. I've been up, been broken up again, and still can't see the difference. That's that shit that won't speak about, like niggas killing niggas. Man, my bro, bro, on the brink of being broke. You on the bridge without a rope. It hit my heart to see the world in random low. Plus, he got a six month old, and he could barely keep a fed. And gotta deal with baby mama hanging shit over his head. Man, I wanna tell him, fucker, bro, I know you ain't no sucker. But I see it in his face, man, he hate that he fucking love me. I'm like, start me out if I stutter and say I get my arm and my leg to get this out my head uh, It's crazy Step on me now, placed on a pedestal, they find me dead Yeah, Forever blunt, tobacco gut sitting in my bed You could, could swim forever if you see these tears that I didn't shed Fight to be free. Locked in your mind, how surprising you think that silence is key. You ain't designed to be blinded, lost in the night like you be. I know the hurt in your eyes, oh my, you remind me of me. And it's a lot we don't see. Gotta be tough, just acting tough all day. Show the shrugs to show the world you give no fucks all day. Plus, got a story I can never show you. Scared if you open up, niggas just might have leverage on you. Uh. And I'm like, God, why you get your line, but you ain't been replying? I'm like, God, so you had my back, but nigga, you been lying. I'm like, God, it's gold I got inside, my shit is me refining, uh. And yes, sometimes I need reminder, remind me that I'm gonna be, remind me that I'm gonna be straight. Remind me if my heart do break, remind me that it's gonna reshake. Remind me, nigga, stand your ground, remind me not to call Janae. I helped her get up on her feet for me to see her walk away. SMH, fuck. I don't know why you shaking your head. Man, I swear, niggas ain't shit. Fuck. Y'all doing some fuckboy shit. Fuckboy tennis. You just yo, yo. a fuckboy. Shit. Here you go. Every nigga main is just another nigga sideline. My hoes won't know I'm coming if this plane don't got Wi-Fi. Why I'm over shit when I be under the influence. But wake up feeling bad to know the home that I just ruined. Don't think that you booming and think you own because you ten bags up. Too much pressure to be on social. Shut your bitch ass up. Uh, Back to this mission I carry out We get windy, you trying to diss it on God We gon' air it out, the creator feeling sorry I'm dying to get him off me Line up around the corner to get in your pity party Piss cause you pick me apart But don't ever pick me up Ain't no gift for emoji to pick How much I don't give a fuck It really go Please don't compare me to niggas not in my league If I tricked on any bitch, no it's more I got up my sleeve Ain't no dreams of being Mike, he can't do shit for me I'm trying to be like we the nigga That's my big homie, free him, no, uh Train to be in hell, niggas got derailed I don't need a scale, everything for sale uh, Yeah, yeah 
LOL, and then I shake my head. Step on me now, placed on a pedestal, they find me dead. Ah, oh, fuck, man.